0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh, man. <laughs> <It's>, good morning. <laughs> wow. How you doing? I'm a mess. I hope you're doing better than me. <laughs> man, that worship's that. I don't know. It's just, um, It just, you know what? It did. It just availed us each one of us into an encounter and i hope you took advantage of it i think i did but now i'm paying the price so i'm a little messed up but can i just i'm going i'm going to introduce our speakers this morning but um <laughs> when they were singing about the glory, I just asked him, I said, like, because, I don't know if I'm going to make sense, but his glory is his glory. His goodness is increasing. His goodness is increasing. I don't even know how that happens, but his glory is his glory. And, and I'm just like, how do we increase God's glory? Like, how do we, how can we add to his glory, right? Because that, isn't that what we're supposed to do? is that what we're supposed to do? <laughs> Aren't we supposed to give him glory? Yeah. We're actually because he died, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you increase my glory by what you put on your altar and what you burn. And, um, wow. and I was reminded of a, a meeting I was in, and, and the speaker was actually Bill Johnson. It was before Bill Johnson was Bill Johnson. He was, was just a friend, and <laughs> we did stuff together. And it was like 25 years ago. And during the meeting, he would say, you're pouring out water. You're pouring it out as an offering. You're pouring it out. You're pouring it out. For his whole time, he was sharing. And at the end, the Holy Spirit said, that was a really good message Bill did. He said, but it's not water. It's oil. And it freaked me out. Because I saw it, like, now we're in the middle of an oil field, and if some dude lights a match, or, <laughs> stri- you know what I mean? <laughs> we're all going to burn, you know, we're going to burn. Yeah. And he said, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you what happened to me that day, but uh, it changed my life. So I just want to challenge you. Is, uh, it's what we burn on our altar that gives him glory and increases the weight of his glory. So there you go. So, um, I just want to introduce our guests. They're just such um, personal friends to us, Dave and I, Ryan and Des, and this house. So I want to introduce them, Jamie and Nikki Van Gelder, to you, but there's different they 're different people, if you know what i mean they 're like they 're sons of our heart they 're friends of our family and of the mission. They come as apostles, uh, but today, I just felt like I saw him standing in front of us with his arms stretched as wide as they could could from side to side as a prophet, and he stands in the dynamic and the tension of the past, our present, and our future, and is looking into the pools of those and pulling the riches, the goodness, the promises, the joy, and the hard things that are pulling us into our future and our promise. So, Jamie and Nikki, it's so wonderful to have you here today, and we just, you just honor us with your time, and um, I don't know what to do next, just come on. (laughs) Thank you, guys, for coming. Yeah. Let's, stand. Let's just show them our appreciation, yeah. Okay.
1: You I'm going to steal that from you right there. Perfect. I going to offer her a hand down, but I'm not sure I'm in any kind of state to do that right now. Is the worship team in the room? Yeah, would you guys just stand up? wherever you're at. I don't know if everybody's in here. Just a few of you are. It's okay. You can represent. Yeah. Yeah. Just stay standing and, and, uh, church, would you just rally around those guys real quick? Just extend your hands towards them. And yeah, thank you, Lord. Guys, that was tremendous. That was, there's that kind of worship is like costly. You had to go there before we could all go there. And, uh, So, Lord, I just thank you that you would pour into them and take them even deeper, Lord. God, that's the longing of this house and our hearts to to experience, to be in your presence, to know you in even greater dimensions, Lord. And uh, we thank you for leaders like these who, who go for it, who unhinge their hearts and lean in to worship and uh God I I thank you I thank you for the journey that they have been on I thank you for un for un, unhinging their process lord and unlocking creativity and lord that you would bring increase in every way God that when they when they face lack lord that you would meet it supernaturally lord when they're short a player god that supernaturally somebody'd pop into their radar god i thank you that you would bring players into this house lord to join them ones that you've been preparing father on the sidelines the ones that have been in secret places worshiping you with all their hearts lord that the davids would emerge from the field lord I thank you, Father, for that. So we just bless you though. We declare that the Lord is with you, that we're with you. We're so thankful that you are you're pouring out your life like this. And uh, and so Lord, we just pray that you'd pour into them today. Come on, just bless them real good, would you? We bless you, we bless you, we bless you. Thank you guys so much. Man. It's, we have good worship at home, but I got blasted, rocked this morning. Wow. So good. Yay, Jesus. Well, good morning to you. My wife leaned over to me and said, yeah, good luck. As after Tara just shared, that was, goodness gracious, where did that come from? I feel like I got blindsided by a train just of God's kindness, just assaulting my, <laughs> my the parent gear in me for sure, but that's such an invitation, Tara, to to press in, to go deeper, to lay it on the altar. It's, it's a universal call, and like, and it's clearly what the Lord is saying to many of us right now. And uh, thank you, thank you for doing that. Like, wow, Jesus, guys, this is this is such a strange sort of season that we're all in right now, isn't it? I, I like like you are awakening from a stupor like dream. And you're looking around, like, wait, what's real? What is you know what what's still what was from my dream that I, I'm sort of like thinking about, and I'm wondering whether it's reality that I'm experiencing, or yeah, anybody else have that kind of experience recently, where yeah, there that the blending of of uh, uh, what what you hear on the news, what you're experiencing in real life, what what you are are watching in terms of uh, humanity's hysteria of, <laughs> you know, clinging to things like fear and then clinging to things like delusion and then bouncing back and forth. You you see it all over the place. And, and whenever, uh, you know, Deb Deb introduced me this morning, coming as a prophet, that, that is the function in the body, that I, I serve in the body of Christ. And that, that thing sometimes is difficult to walk in when you go into places like Target. Because... Because you, you, if, you, if you have the radar up, if you're listening to the Lord and you, want, you, you bump into people and, and suddenly their stuff is in front of you, and you're sensing and experiencing maybe some of the stuff that they're going through, and it's, it becomes difficult to interact even sometimes. And I, I found myself in that, that sort of paradigm yesterday. We were, just had a quick errand and w- ran in there, and I'm bumping into places of humanity, you know? Some people... Tidy little families doing great and everything's great and then next person you run into is you can tell is just going through something And it's all over them and compassion rises up and you're like lord, how do I? What are you inviting me to do in this moment? I, I feel a little bit like Everywhere we turn right now. There's opportunity Can anybody think of a friend a family member that might be going through something right now? anybody Come on, wave at me if you uh, are listening. Raise your hand if you have no intention of responding to anything I say today. <laughs> there, there's, there really is. There's a assignment with Nicole and I's visit. Um, it was pretty clear, actually. Uh, we canceled on you guys like three times, and uh, it came in it, it was life circumstances that. Just prevented, and, uh, and this this set of dates emerged, and and um, the the Lord just really put it on our hearts, like, no, you're supposed to be there, and so we're here. And as we came, I was holding it light handedly, like, oh, it'll be so wonderful to be with friends. It'll be so wonderful to be amongst you know champions in the faith. You guys are going for it, and and so I came into it a little light hearted. And, uh, we had wonderful times of fellowship with the staff last night and yesterday, and it's just really, really great. And this morning I got up and I just kind of approached the morning like, well, it'll be great to worship with them, and, you know, I have a clear word to share with you, and, you know, and then we'll go have lunch, and it'll be great, you know, and, and, and the Holy Spirit just said, I wanna talk to you a second. <laughs> like, you ever had your dad say, hey, can, can you come in the other room? I just want to, you know, like you have guests over. <laughs> Everybody's in the living room. Everyone's having fun, and then you did something, or something's going on, and then Dad says, "Hey, I need to. We need to make something clear." <laughs> that was the. That was my morning. I we had breakfast, and I went back to the the room to get dressed, and and uh, the Holy Spirit said, "Hey, step aside for a moment. We just need to talk." And I went in the other room, and I went straight into an encounter with the Lord and saw some very clear things about the house. And uh, so I, I, I feel like I, we're here to share some stuff with you, invite you into some things that I think are opportunities that stand before you, and in, hopefully encourage the socks off you this morning. Are you, are you alive? Are you up for that? Okay, so would you would you just join me in prayer right now? We've, we're already in this, you know, state of connectedness with the Lord and, and Spirit. But uh, let's, let's turn this corner and, and press in for a moment. So, Lord, we thank you. We come boldly before your throne. Father, in this place, in this space, Lord, you're speaking to people. And you're awakening hearts unto purpose. And so, Father, I pray this morning for each person in this room... God, that there would be a right alignment to their hearts. God, that things that have held them back or uh, uh, the, the tilting of the sail, God, that has got them a little off course. I pray this morning that the breath of God would breathe on each person's sails and bring alignment to their path, God, that they could walk fully in line with your purposes for their lives, for their family, and the generations that will come through them. Lord, for this hour of history and all that you have purposed, Lord, for this house, for the mission, for this community, for this city, Lord, our region. God, we're so grateful for this. And so we just invite you right now, Holy Spirit, would you would you come and do that? Would you give him permission this morning? Just, just invite him, Lord, come. Bring alignment to my heart, my thinking. Father, I pray for a spirit of revelation that would unlock eyes to see, give them eyes to see, like Elisha prayed for his servant to open his eyes. Lord, I pray for this house that their eyes would be open, Lord, to see by faith and hope for what is coming, that they can rightly position themselves to grab hold of the day and apprehend, Lord, what you have for them. I thank you for that. And, uh, Lord, let us have some fun this morning, too. In Jesus' name, amen. Yay, okay. We uh we hail from Minnesota. Uh it has gotten hot there. The snow just melted yesterday. And um it's been like 90 degrees and, you know, muggy for the last couple of days, so we came here and it was felt like a break actually, so which is just bizarre. But uh um, back home Nicole and I we have eight children and uh we're raising an amazing family. Our kids are growing and so fast, right? Just you blink, and it's it, the season changes. But our oldest is nineteen, our youngest is four, so they're keeping us busy, 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 busy. Uh, we pastor a church in Minnesota called the House, and uh, we th- just, in terms of way of introduction, we we planted this church sixteen years ago. Smart started off as a small group, and it has turned now into a thriving community. Um, and we're going for it just like you guys are. Gangbusters for Jesus. Uh, We've we found ourselves in quite the season of with Minneapolis and St. Paul kind of being a, a hotbed for cultural uh, change and the voice of need for change. Um, you, you know, I'm sure you saw it on the news. There's been uh, quite the, the lightning rod that keeps striking our, our little region. And uh, that, that call for change resounds off of believers' hearts because we feel the reality of heaven and who God is and what he wants and the reality of heaven in terms of who people are and their identities and purposes. And you experience that every time you come into his presence. But then you live in a world that is filled with contradiction. Like God's ways are truly higher than man's ways, right? And so your prayer time, you elevate and you're experiencing God and you're talking to him and you're relating with his reality and then you step back into your work life and you're interacting with people that are living in, you know, a completely different experience than what you're talking about. And we're standing between these two places we got one hand holding on to the heavenly reality of who God says we are and what God is saying about our time. And then you're experiencing the great contradiction where people's lives are not in that place. And and if if you grab hold of the assignment, your job is to hold both of those things in tension. You have a hold of what God's purposes are, and then you come alongside people, and you come alongside their situations, and you grab hold of them, and you hold the two tensions, and pray, and walk with them, and love on them, and you, you, you stay in that place of tension until what God has said manifests in their lives. That's the assignment. It's who we are as, as sons and daughters of God. We, it's what prayer is, what intercession is. It's the tension of holding those two realities until you see it manifested. Right? Or, or you get to live with divine mystery. And in the mystery, though, there's no, there's no permission to let go of either place. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? You know, that shows up in your heart as like a mom, like you heard a, a mom's cry this morning where, where she is watching the, the chaos of a football field <laughs> and then in holding to the reality of God's promise and standing between these two reality, realities and watching the bodies slam off of each other and then holding to the promise of the Lord. Like, isn't what a metaphor for life. I, I want to encourage you even more so into that place. Would you do me a favor right now and just look around the room? Just take a little time. You know, lock eyes with a few folk that are sitting next to you. You know, just like see them. See the people that are around you. Look at some of the gaps. Okay, I want you to see it. Right? It's, it's not an elephant in the room. It's It's a calling believe it I believe it or not I brought this message to you a, f- a few years ago this word that I'm sharing right now this picture but look around the room because those seats that are empty and the gaps in aisles actually are meant to be filled with people they're meant to be filled with people in fact there are people and this is the experience this morning I'll tell you the vision that I had and then then we're going to we'll do a little bit of a preach okay but this morning I I was praying for y'all and the holy spirit just like caused me to start seeing. It was like I was standing here and I was looking out and I could see you guys and I could see the gaps in between people. But in the gaps between people, there were people sitting there, but like, like in spirit. Like I could see the outlines of their who they are, all their characteristics, everything about them. They were sitting there with you, but they weren't manifested next to you yet. But... They're the people that you're connected to. They're your friends and family that don't know Jesus. They're, they're the, the, the folk that you work with every day. You've been walking with them and you've been loving on them and you're friends with them and they're going through stuff and you're in their life and God has the hope of heaven inside of you continually bouncing off their life so that they don't lose hope. They're the people that you are connecting with regularly. And can I tell you that in spirit, they're sitting with you today. Because they're the ones you're carrying in your hearts. Okay, and and that intention, and this is the whole deal, is that the Lord invites us into this place because we're called to live by faith. Right? Not by sight. We're called to fix our eyes on things above, not on the things below. In other words, we gain our perspective from the heavenly reality. To live by faith is to recognize that there is something that is coming, but it is not yet manifested. To live by faith is to look at a seat next to you and go, there's a person who's coming and who's supposed to be sitting there. And it's my job to grab hold of them in prayer and walk with them in life until the manifestation comes. This has nothing to do with church growth. This is everything to do with kingdom purpose. That you and I have been called alongside people. And that our job is to shepherd and walk with them through life until we see what God says about them manifested for real. Anybody alive here today? This is uh, Matthew 9, verse 35. Let me tell you just a quick story of something that happened to me. Matthew 9, verse 35 through 38 I don't know if, if you guys put stuff on the screens or not, but Matthew 9, 35 through 38. I didn't give them my notes. Sorry. That's, that's my bad here. Um, I was living in Germany. My wife and I were living in Germany. And I was stationed uh, there. I was in the United States military. And uh, Nikki and I were married just a few short years. And we were going through a very difficult time. Difficult time in our marriage. Personally, I was a wreck. Unresolved issues in my heart, things like bitterness and anger, resentment towards my folks, my faith growing up, that turned into like a rage inside of me. Like I became angry at everyone and everything around me and I aimed my inward pain towards the people that tried to interact with me. I was in the service, and so that meant that I was a man under authority, and so you don't have permission to act out, right? Or you go to jail. That's a nice little thing that helps us. So I, I was kept in, you know, uh, in terms of my outward expression, I'm having to keep it together, but my inward reality is a total mess, right? I had found drinking alcohol. I found that if you drink enough alcohol that the pain... Stops being so painful, and so I was in this state of, of in between each day, like just slugging it out and being angry at life and in pain, and then at night just pounding alcohol until it all went away. It's not a great place to live, right? One day I am going to the grocery store and I'm walking across the parking lot on our base, and I hear a booming voice from the side of the parking lot scream out, "Hey, Airman!" and in the service, if anyone has ever experienced it, that's kind of the last thing that you want to hear when you're a low ranking person. <laughs> Cause something inside of you is so used to being yelled at. Like you, you just go, if I ignore it, it'll go away. You know, like, and so I just pretend it, he, there's no way he could be talking to me except for, I looked kind of around, you know, there's nobody else there. Like it's me. I know it's me. Hey, airman. <laughs> It's like, oh, you know, you're locking up. And I turn around, and there is a booming man, okay? Much over six foot, 300-pound 300, 300 monster of a man. He's a retired Army artillery colonel, okay? He was a man's man, and he's staring me down. He looks at me, points, and goes, hey, you come here, <laughs> <laughs> so I like yes, yes, sir. He said. He said. Uh, he said. I had a dream about you. He said you were standing before thousands of people preaching the gospel. He said I don't know who you are. But the Lord has a plan for your life. He's like, give me your number. (laughs) These are the days where you didn't have like caller ID or any of that kind of stuff, right? And, you know, he's locked me up. And I'm like, okay, here's my number, you know. And once a month, sometimes more often, kind of, it must have been every time he sort of had me on his heart. But he would call me regularly, at least monthly. And I would pick up the phone and because I didn't know who it was, he'd say, hey, this is Jim. I said I want you to know that Jesus loves you and that I love you and that I will be here when you're ready to talk. And then he'd hang up the phone. I hated those phone calls, <laughs> hated them right because it was chipping away at the walls on the inside of me you know my my veneer was was fading my ability to resist the holy spirit was like <laughs> you know it's beginning to crumble wouldn't be long after that i'd have a totally like god encounter and i get wrecked i would repent My wife and I rededicated our vows. We turned our life around like total miracle story. Redemption story would not be here if it wasn't for Jim Job, Because he saw me in the midst of my junk. He saw through it. He saw with eyes that see differently. He saw like Jesus saw people. This is the invitation that I have for you today. This is Matthew 9, verse 35 through 36. Look at this. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, and he was teaching in their synagogues, and he was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. He was healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and they were dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus is going from town to town, city to city, like he normally does. He's working his way through the town. When he comes into the town, he would go to the synagogue and he would teach. And the people would come to him, and whoever's there, He'd have compassion on them, and he'd minister to them. He'd heal their sick. And then he would proclaim, hey, the the kingdom, the rule of heaven, it's not far away. It's right here among you. And he would demonstrate it. Over and over. It's his pattern, over and over. There must have been a day, though, that it kind of got to him. Because crowds might have been bigger that day. Who knows what's going on. But Jesus looks out, and he... Sees the people and they're all distressed. They're dispirited. Those two words are are, are very they, they carry strong images. Like distressed means you're in a state of stress that's crushing. Okay, crushing anxiety. How about that one? Clinical depression. Anxiety that doesn't lift off. It leaves you unable to function. You just want to stay in the dark at home. Crushing anxiety is gripping people. And then he looks around and he goes, and they're dispirited. Dispirited means the wind got knocked out of them. Spirit, dis, out, right? Someone sucker punched them in life and they can't get their next breath. They're in a state of stress that's crushing them and stuff is going on that, man, they get knocked down. And Jesus looks out and he goes, there aren't, there's no shepherds. There's nobody pulling up alongside them, calling them when they're messed up and saying, hey, I love you. Jesus loves you. I'm here. There's nobody to pick them up when they fall down. So they're having these experiences and the system, and this is the thing, is that Jesus is going from town to town And he's looking at the state of Israel, this nation, who's governed by a religious system. The Pharisees' job was to tend to the people like sheep. And he looks at the system and he goes, the system is broken down. There's no shepherds. Or the system is unable to see and or recognize or minister to where people are really at versus what we have access to, right? And so when the system doesn't match the issue, when, when the system, when, the, when what we have to offer is no longer in alignment with where people are really at, that gap is what Jesus is speaking to. And he recognizes it and he goes, whoa, we need, we need people to see that, recognize it. And then step into that gap until like to help. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. The harvest is plentiful. There is so much opportunity to do good. I mean so much opportunity to do good. The problem is that the system is not currently geared to meet people where they're at. So what's the answer? It's not to build a more efficient system that doesn't meet the needs of people. It's, that's not the answer. The answer isn't more bureaucracy. The answer isn't, I, guys, like, it's not a high-performing church. That's not the answer. It's not a more efficient ministry. That's not the answer. Okay? The answer to the harvest coming in. When I look at the world right now, you know, seven and a half billion people plus gaining ground every day. And then I see pain and the struggle, things like war, things like torment, things like supply chains breaking down, things like the system is not meeting the needs of the people. Okay, what that tells me, it is absolutely harvest time. That's what Jesus saw. That's what determines harvest time, is the gap. Because the gap is what you are sent into. The, the gap is, it's where, it's where society is not, their needs are not being met. That's the invitation. And that's what Jesus looks around at his boys and he goes, hey, start to pray and beseech those in authority to recognize the need. You know, it says Lord of the harvest. That word Lord is not the word for God. It's the word for like governors. It's your people in charge. Jesus is very clearly saying, hey, the ones in charge are not seeing what's needed. And so what's needed is God's people to recognize the gap. And if they'll step into it, the harvest is now, right now. Harvest is now. This auditorium will fill up if you look at your city right now and you look at where the real needs are in the city and you throw yourself at it. This auditorium will fill up. You'll see your friends and family get saved if you look at your friends and family, look at where they're at, and look at where their real needs are. Look at what's going on. What's the real struggle? Where's the real pain? And then get real with them and be like my friend Jim Job, who championed my life, y'all. No one saw it. No one saw it. The leaders, Christian leaders that we had been bumped into literally told their people to write us off. And here's this guy. He just got a glimpse of the heavenly vision for my life. It wasn't... He just got a glimpse. And instead of being like, well, I just give him a prophetic word and move forward. No, no, instead he got my number and followed up with me. Do you see the difference? The hit and run ministry is not going to bring the harvest in. No, the, the answer is shepherds. The answer is people to grab hands of those who have fallen and can't get up, who need help. Just grab them and start to walk with them. That's it. You don't have to be a brilliant preacher. You don't have to have 10 degrees in inner healing ministry or deliverance judo. I don't know. You don't need it. That ain't what you need. No, no, no. You you just need to be willing. (laughs) Sorry. You just need to be willing to, to grab hold of someone's hand who's down and grab hold of heaven on their behalf. It doesn't require 40 hours a week, okay? It just requires, each time Holy Spirit prompts, reach out. Each, just walk with them. Man, I, I had this um, this experience began to happen to me, where, and I had defined it a little bit before, like with the Target thing. Like, it messes me up because whew, I bump into people, and I just, like, I feel their soul crying out. And, and I don't know what to do with it it's weighty. It's hard. I, I came home one night, like really messed up talking to my wife. I, uh, I had this experience at work. I had been prepping a sermon. It was a Saturday and I spend my Saturdays like a Sabbath. I literally go into uh, the church building and I'll just worship the Lord all day long and just wait on his presence. And, you know, in, in, that's what I do on Saturdays. And I am coming out of that, and I come out, and normally the church parking lot's is totally empty. There's nothing going on at the building. And um, it's like 5 o'clock at night, and there's a car parked out there, kind of far back in the parking lot, but there's two people in it. And notice the car's full of stuff. And I'm thinking, I, I wonder what's going on there. You know, I kind of know, oh, these, you know, they're just using the parking lot to... Probably sleep tonight. And I get in my, my, my car, my truck, and I, I drive out, and I, and I actually drive out of the parking lot. And I get to one intersection, and the Holy Spirit is like, what the heck are you doing? When you see the need, you step into it. You don't run away from it, right? And so I get to that stop sign, and I'm looking at my wallet, and I pull out all my cash, and I go, okay, like I'll, I don't know what I'm about to step into, so I turn around, and I go back, and i like, hey, you guys okay? And this young lady, she opens the window, and she, she's scared. Like, oh, they got busted. You know? And it's like, hey, what's going on? And, but somewhere in the exchange, they realize I'm being authentic, and I'm, like, here to help. And so then they let down the guard, and they're like, we just got kicked out of a hotel. We don't have a place to stay. The girl's from Texas. Stranged from her family, she doesn't have anywhere to go. The guy is literally just like, "You can, I'm, I'm going to drive you around until we find a place for you to stay tonight." He had a place like with a friend, but she doesn't have anywhere, so they're looking for a shelter. This is the state of the situation. And uh, I, I go, "Hey, this is all the money I have, but you can have whatever you, what I have." And you know, and they're asking. Can the church help us? So, well, the offices aren't open right now, but you come back in the morning to church. Like, happy to introduce you to the people that can help and will help. You just got to survive the night. And uh, I pray with them. I finish the prayer, and her eyes fill with tears, grabs hold of my hand, and looks up. And then she says to me, She says, Would you pray one last thing? My dad and I are fighting. Would you pray that he would forgive me? And I'm looking at her and I go, oh, you're a lost little girl. You, you got far away from home and you don't know how to get back right now. This is what's going on right now. Like, like life is just taking it to you and you don't have a way home. You know, and, and in this moment, there's this connectedness and a lifeline that's thrown towards her. I give her the contact info of the church. Give her an opportunity. I watch as hope washes over her. Like, in knowing everything's going to be okay. And I go home. Like, what did that cost me? Like, ten minutes of my time? What's the eternal impact? Right? What's the eternal impact? Like, I... Does that mean i got to stop for every single person that I see? No. You have to stop for the ones the Holy Spirit gives you compassion for. But, but Pastor, I have compassion for everyone. Well, then it might be time to change careers. Because you're probably denying a calling on your life. Huh. Not to get up in your stuff, but, whoa, someone's running, Right? Another quick story. Went, uh, it was a Sunday morning, and uh, <laughs> we're in worship, and one of, uh, one of the ushers comes down to find me and goes, hey, there's a guy <laughs> out in the lobby, and he is mad. He's screaming at people, and he's demanding a meeting with the pastor. So I look over, and one of our elders is sitting there, and like he's like, he's asking for you. <laughs> And so he goes out and, you know, and he talks with them, prays with them, whatever. Anyway, this guy comes back week after week. Where is the bastard? (laughs) And I'm not hiding from him. I'm just like, it's literally in the middle of service. Like, I can't, like, this isn't the moment. And so one of these weeks we time it right. And, you know, where I'm not literally getting onto the stage is the guy screaming in the lobby. Okay. Got three weeks of this. I go out, and I connect with him, and he's so hopping mad. I mean, just like livid, and he's blaming God for the pain his family's going through. That's why he's here. He saw the church. He's a Hindu man. He saw the church, and he said, this is that church. This is the God of America. This is that church's fault, and I'm mad, right? And i like, this isn't the moment for it, but on Friday, I'll have coffee with you. If you want to come back here, we can sit down, and we can talk this through, right? I'll work with you comes back on Friday. Friday, 10 a.m. Comes into my office. We sit down. I'm like, can I get you coffee? We make some coffee. We're standing there. We're sitting there together, and he just lays into me. For an hour, he's yelling at me and blaming his whole life on God. The hour's up. I said, what are you doing next Friday? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, this conversation doesn't feel like it's over. What, do you, what are you doing next Friday? We began to meet every Friday morning. It took about six months. And there's a Friday morning, he comes in, and he's done yelling. He's done. He's tired. He doesn't have any more to complain about. And it was like mid-sentence, he just finished up, and then he stopped, and he said, so tell me about faith. What a bizarre twist. Like he poured out his cup of wrath, and when it was done, he was curious. So I talked to him about it. He's like, tell me about Jesus. I talked to him about it. He comes back the next week, and he's like, tell me about forgiveness. I hear there's forgiveness available. Right? And so I talked to him about forgiveness. Literally, this, this is how the conversation goes. I explain to him how the Lord's blood is the payment and that we get to extend mercy. And he stops. He goes, that's interesting. And then he leaves. He, like, literally, mid, mid, it's not the normal time for leaving. We didn't close the meeting. He just finished. And he goes, okay. Then he walks out. Next week he comes in and he says, I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> Like I went home and I decided this is the right God for me. That was it. That was like a matter of fact. It's like I need mercy. I can see that my family needs mercy and forgiveness. That's it. Okay, we choose. Me and my household, we're now Christians. That's how it worked. Just like that. I'm like, did you pray? Did you? Nope. We decided. This is it. Okay, see, he's a man from India. You just can imagine that, and you know, they, they, uh, he's he's here on a work visa, and his half his family is in India still, like his wife and and two of his children. And anyway, it's just this bizarre situation. He just decides, okay, and then he comes back and he goes, okay, now I need you to teach me. You know, you gotta teach me. Like I need to be discipled. It's basically what he's asking. But he didn't use those words because he didn't know those words. Right, and so we just begin this process. We're having conversations about faith, and conversations about Jesus, and conversations about all this stuff, right? And and then he realizes that there's an experience that he's not having—the Holy Spirit. Right, and so so he goes, okay, what do I need? What, what's the next steps? I'm like, you need to be baptized. You need to receive the Holy Spirit, and and so he's like, okay, when's the next baptism? We. We schedule it. He gets baptized. It's all matter of fact. And then after he gets baptized, I don't see him for a couple months. Just ghosts me. No more meetings, no more, no more nothing. Until one Sunday morning, he's waiting for me in the front row when he cannot wait to talk to me. He is glowing. I mean, like, cloud nine glowing. He's already worked his way through the elders he yelled at for three weeks and talking to everyone, and the staff knows him now because he's been coming for months, you know, and in and, and this whole situation, right? And he's standing there, and so, he, so he, he, he says, I have to talk to you, and the worship's going on, and he leans into my ear, and he says, I have been praying. He said, I spent, it's like three hours a day I spent praying and pursuing Because the Bible said that the Holy Spirit would come. And I'm supposed to wait on him. And so he would seek the Lord for hours a day. And then one day, the baptism of the Holy Spirit came on this man. And he got, look at the tongues right away. Like the whole bit. Just boom, lit up. And now he went from laid back, angry guy. To on fire, joyful like running at life, full steam guy, disempowered in crisis. His situation with his family was a crisis and he didn't know what to do. And he needed someone just to walk him through. Listen, I didn't give him any solutions to his problems. I didn't solve his work situation. I didn't solve his family situation. I didn't counsel his marriage. I did not heal his child. None of that stuff. I just grabbed his hand and said, I know the one who has the answers. I want you to know him too. And we walked for a little bit until he met Jesus. And when Jesus came into the picture, guess what? All the solutions come with Christ. Do you see it? Do you know that that right there, that's what Jesus is saying is missing. That. That's what's missing. It wasn't heavy. It wasn't difficult. And you definitely did not need a degree in theology to do that. But that right there is called shepherding. That right there is called pastoring. And Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, I don't got anybody else. You're it. Last verse of chapter 9 is we need to seek the people in charge to see the problems so that they can send workers to help. And then Jesus turns and goes, that's why you're my apostles and I'm sending you. Don't go to the Gentiles. Go to the house of Israel. Don't get any money because provision is not what you need to go into ministry. You're not waiting on somebody to give an offering to enable you to do it. The people are already in your life. They just need you to start walking with them intentionally. You have neighbors that are around you. Do you know any of them? Do you know any of them? Do you know the guy that lives across the street that's having marital strife? Or do you just know him by the guy that yells at your dog every time he runs across the street? Do you know the one that lives next to you Right? And, and they're mad because your tree is reaching over their fence. Right? But you don't see how they are in turmoil because their mom has got cancer and they don't know what to do and they're, they don't have an answer for it. And, but you have been sent by God into that neighborhood. You live there with an assignment to shepherd and walk the people that God has put in your life into his hands. They just need somebody to blow into their sails a little bit. They just need somebody to grab hold of them and walk with them a little bit. Call them on Fridays. It's all. It doesn't require a whole ton of stuff and you don't have to have all the answers, but what you do need to have is a willing heart. Seeing the people. Eyes to see the ones that the Lord wants you to walk with. Y'all, When I look across this room, this is what I saw. I saw all them people sitting around you. Like you guys were separated by space, kind of like today. And all of the space in between was filled with people. And you could see how all those people who are not sitting here right now are supposed to be here are connected to you. You're at the center of them, and they're all surrounding you. They're the ones that you're going to meet. They're the ones that are already in your life you're praying for. All you got to do just begin to be intentional about this. That's it. You don't need an evangelism class. You just need to love on them. That's it. If you'll do that, if you'll meet them where need is striking, the harvest is ready. The system will not answer what I'm talking about today. Okay, what that means is we're not going to build a program to meet the needs. That's the system, and that's not what Jesus pointed to. We don't need a food shelf. I need you to make a meal and bring it to them on Friday. (laughs) Do you see the difference? Guys, the harvest is plentiful. It's the workers. We're, We're just not seeing it but if we will wow people are ready people are ready Matthew 6:22 the eye is the lamp of the body when the eye is clear your whole body will be full of light if the eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness if then the light that is in you is actually darkness, how great is that darkness? Okay, let me read it again. Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is clear, if you're actually seeing well, if you're seeing accurately, your whole body will be filled with light. But if the eye is bad, your whole body will be filled with darkness. This is about Perspective. It's not just is the glass half full or half empty. It's can you see from God's perspective, heavenly light perspective. Is your eye filled with what God wants to do so that your actions are laying the groundwork for the manifestation of what God wants to do? Is your eye fixed on what the father is wanting to do in this next season. Like truly wanting to do in this next season. Are, are your eyes fixed on his process or are you thinking about what you want to do? Are you thinking about your problems? Are you thinking about the the conflicts? Are you thinking about like, what are you fixing your eye on? Because when the eye is fixated from a heavenly light filled perspective, then your actions, then the body will follow suit and it will be filled with hope. Your choices will be filled with anticipation of what God could do. Right? What, what, when I look around this room, y'all, this is what I see. I see an auditorium buzzing with people who have been transformed by the goodness of God. Or is your eye fixated on negative things? fixated on the problems, fixated on what's missing, fixated on who's gone or who's not here anymore. What's your eye looking at? Because if your eye's looking at those things, man, your good is gone. See ya. But if your eye is fixed on light, then your whole countenance will be filled with hope. And God will start bringing you the ones that absolutely need that hope. God will start assigning the ones to come to you who are the champions of the next generation. Are you getting it? We need shepherds. We need shepherds. Not, Not professionals. All of us. This is a military town, right? Yep. (laughs) It's time to enlist you all. Okay? I remember taking the commission, being commissioned, right? Taking an oath, raising my right hand, making a proclamation, and it confirmed my assignment for the next several years. This is where you're at. It's will you answer the call. This city, this city is ripe for transformation. You, Gosh, guys, the worship this morning. Paris, the worship this morning. I don't think you were in the room when I had the team stand up. The worship this morning was, it touched heaven. It was filled with wonder. It was wonderful. It's great. Like, second to none. You know, y'all... When the room gets filled with him, right, and people with problems and pain pop in, yowza. I mean, we were all, I like to think of myself as maybe having gone through some of this transformation already, but this morning I was a wreck because of his kindness. You know, and he's talking to me about pain in my life, and I'm like, I'm not even in pain, but oh, this is good. Like, ah, I can't imagine if you came in here and your life was a wreck, like, i got things going that are well right now. I'm pretty healthy. Can you imagine how much hope it fills somebody with when they touch heaven for the first time? Whew. It's your assignment. It's your assignment. But you guys stand to your feet this morning. I came with a commission. That's what I came with. came with marching orders. And it's... It's not some grand assignment into the wild blue yonder <laughs> from my Air Force folk in here. It's, it's not that kind of thing. No, no, it's, it's the assignment to own the people that God put in your life already. Yeah, yeah. It's to say yes to the ones he has already brought into your life. It's to start paying attention and seeing the people that God brought into your life already. My prayer this morning is that like, Elisha prayed for his servant, that his eyes would be open, that he could see properly. That's my prayer this morning, that your eyes would be open, that you could see who God's already put in your life, see the assignment, and that you would receive the commission this morning to be sent ekbalo into your world, to be marked as shepherds, those who pastor and love and walk with people you do it with each other, if you just begin to do it with one or two people in your life, double, double, man, this church will double up in no time. You'll see the fruit of it so quickly. Are you alive? Would you uh, just put a hand on your own heart right now? Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you. We welcome you. Come and have your way in us. Would you pray that prayer? It's a dangerous prayer. Come and have your way in me, God. Whew. Let the eyes of my heart be opened. Come on, would you say that over yourself? Let the eyes of my heart be open. Give me eyes to see the harvest, O oh Lord. Give me a discerning heart that can recognize where needs are not being met, where I can step into the gap. Give me eyes to see what's going on in people's lives so that I can grab hold of them and grab hold of heaven for them. Lord, I pray today that you would anoint each one as a Jim Job. God, that you would speak to them even right now. Holy Spirit, would you bring to mind a single person that you have put in their lives that's an assignment to you. That's not just a casual relationship. It's actually an assignment. Come on, ask him right now. Holy Spirit, who, who have you put in my life as an assignment that I can just love and walk with? Lord, I thank you that you're restoring families. I thank you for the father and mother heart of this congregation that will adopt in the broken and lonely. I thank you, Lord God, that you have made this house a home for those who need family. Lord, that you've caused that spirit of adoption to rest over this house. And now, Lord, we speak... We speak and we call, Lord God, to the people of God to rise up to receive the commission. Father, even now, that your angels would mark their lives. Come on, if this is you, you're going to have to let a yes be known from your heart to the Lord. Lord, we decree a commission over their lives to see, to step into, to walk with, to pick up the dispirited, O Lord, to break off stress and anxiety from people, to give hope, O Lord, to those who do not have hope, Father, to breathe life back into them. I thank you, Father, for this. And so, Father, this morning I pray for an ekbalo. Not to go off, to never return, but to be sent back into your homes to bring back those who are called to be a part of this family. Father, I thank you today for this. I thank you for this. Holy Spirit of God, would you fall right now upon each one? Confirm your word, Lord, to each one. God, I pray for text messages and calls from people that you haven't thought about before, but the Lord inserted them into your life. I thank you for divine appointments, Father. Your angels are going before them and preparing good works for them to walk in. God, I thank you that you're giving them spiritual discernment to know the difference between something that's good and something that's absolutely God. Thank you, Lord, for hearts of compassion. Thank you, Lord. And for wisdom, Father, for this house as they steward the harvest. Thank you, Father, for that. God, I bless your people today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's countenance and favor be upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. And may he grant you peace. And everybody who dared to agree with these prayers said, amen. Come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord this morning? God bless you guys.